Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of I Dig Your Soul Podcast with your host, Nadia Khalil. Today is the 21st of September. It is a Monday morning. We are coming along. I mean, we're going to be talking October soon. I know that sounds funny, but by Wednesday next week, we'll be finishing off this month. So there you have it, the fall that we've been hearing about and all this talk about talking about it. And apparently there's more new COVID news today and it's tanking our market so far, even though our market did not open and the world is being affected. It's it's just so interesting. People are moving out of the cities in America and they're gobbling up real estate from everywhere. And there was a, a commentator that said this morning, boy, when did we finally learn that living on top of each other wasn't fun? You couldn't just go out and ride your bike or you didn't have trees around you. You didn't just get up and go for a walk because everything's just so busy all the time. So there's this trend of slowing down, this trend of getting away from crowds. And I don't think we even began or have begun reacting yet to what we've been exposed to the last six over six months now in all of our lives. It's going to be super interesting to see that because today I really wanted to talk about addressing our ego because our ego, we need it. It gets us through the day in certain places. It fills in the blanks. It it gives us a chance to have a conversation with ourselves the more important thing is what kind of conversation are we having? And it's the same thing that's happening in our world. We, we just got so used to business as usual, and that meant over time that the business was more important than us. We had to conform to the business part of life, which was honestly the most boring part. It's it's like these companies, and, and they had to make sure that they make their profit. So they tell us to think this, or tell us to feel that, or make us feel something is missing. And all we needed was a little bit of time to be left alone. Well, everybody was trying to reorganize how they were going to come at us and get us to do whatever, to realize that, We were a lot smarter than we thought. And that we can develop new hobbies. And we can get to know our families a little more. And we can make it through the chaos that all this started happening in our lives. 
and that a human life, because we had to count how many were lost, how important it is. And it hit a nerve in us. It hit a nerve. Because now we started looking at everything else. Why do I work that way? Why do I live here? How did I kind of sleepwalk through getting to know my kids? I didn't know so much about my kids until now. I can't tell you how many parents told me. I didn't realize how stressful school was for my kids. I didn't realize how much homework they got. How they really had to have skills, real skills to learn but how what they're learning doesn't affect anything else in their life. And then they're going to learn it again in high school to a different degree, and then they're going to learn it a third time in college to a different level of depth. But really, focusing on the skill of learning was more important because that's the only skill we're going to take with us to work unless we're learning a trade. But most of the work we get is based on our personality. Again, unless we're learning a trade, a science, an engineering, or an accounting, or something that we go into the work world with, I can do this. So how does our ego work in this time? What did it start to do in this time? Because normally our ego during a day would say to us, hey, you're important, you're needed, you're great at what you do. And for the most part, we are on all of those things to tell us we are more important. We are always needed. The world won't run without us. What did our ego just do? It just took us and put us in a parking garage and won't let us out. Because when our ego tells us we are more important and we're always needed. And and I have to say that one when when I start to think deeper into turning points in my life. Always needed. That day I came home after I got hit by the car and I thought to myself, Oh my God. What if I died today? What if I didn't come home? It never occurred to me I would never come home. Who would raise my kids? They were nine and seven at the time. Was I always needed? Did my ego steer me wrong and put me in this, I've got to do this and I've got to do that? Me that I was super important to those two people. And there's no way around it. And the one way I could have had to have gone around it, I had to witness and see. And I remember my ride to the hospital that day because prior to going to the hospital, that feeling of always being needed, even after getting hit and kind of blurry about my kids, I knew I had kids. I couldn't, I had no short-term memory. I could not remember their names. I was calling them by my youngest brother and youngest sister's names. 
even though I looked at them and knew they were my kids. It didn't even occur to me I was doing that. They told me. I realized something. It's not that I wasn't important, but I wasn't most important. And it's not that I shouldn't care about myself. I do care. Actually, that made me care more about myself because I gave myself the room to understand the reality I was living in. And the truth was, it wasn't about doing everything for my family, teaching them everything, teaching my kids to think as independent people, It was teaching them to do things instead of doing it for them. It was us working together so that if one of us, me, was no longer in the picture, that they had skills to survive. Just like parents are finding out how much their kids know and how hard their kids are working, we underestimate people around us because our ego tells us that they're going to be too hard to teach. It's going to take you too much time. You've got too much to do. You're so important. You just run this ship. That will make you successful. Then your family will look good to everybody as though that matters. Who is that everybody that's more important than the working system you are building in your own home? Just as an example, the illusion of others is one of ego's best tools. You will look like this. You will appear successful. You will whatever. Fill in the blank. But appearing successful, we've had a huge generation of people who felt that feeling of fraud, like they were a front of themselves. And it's a lot to keep up. It's a lot to keep up. Because you're just taking care of a curtain, a facade. But what lives behind that, you don't even begin to explore or put out there because there isn't time when we are filling the need of what other people think. So how does addressing our ego affect our lives? What happens when we work with our ego? And how does that change the people you allow or want to be with in your life? Because mentally you get along, at least to the extent that you may have great debates and differences of opinion but you get along because you understand your role. And when you understand your role, you understand others' roles just within their own lives, and we have a respect for that. Instead of a, my husband did this to me, and then he did that to me. My wife is a narcissist. (laughs) Whatever I hear, and I say, Let's go back to where this started. How did it start? Did you buy into 
their story then? Yes. Did you really love them then? Yes. But things have changed. And I think, what has changed? What has changed? Time. Because time answers every question. So when your ego tries to take you over the edge and make everything be bigger than it was, look at the world. Is I am here now. That the world will go on with or without me. And that was the thought that changed my life. If I died today, what would tomorrow look like for the world? And I thought, well, the sun will shine. The world will definitely go on. The people that knew me may feel bad for a minute and say, gosh, that's that's too bad. I'm really sorry, but I still have to survive living on earth. And when those thoughts started coming into our worlds, people started talking about legacies. What legacy are you leaving behind? Again, our egos coming in to get pressure on us even after we die. So dying was no longer enough. There was a lot of money to be made on legacy thinking because it tapped into an insecurity of ours of not being important. If you accept that, hey, while I'm here, I'm important at the very least to myself because if I don't take care of me, nothing else in my life is really going to be that enjoyable. I'll just be chasing my tail while I'm here. Do I want to do that? What kind of legacy am I going to leave? Now we're working for something for when we die. So take a breath and have a conversation with your ego. Wow, people never really thought about legacy before. Big word, big word to live up to. Wow, ego, that's a good one. Because anything that puts fear, doubt, worry, control, or guilt in my brain... I know it kind of goes back to you. So let, let's work smarter together because I know you're going to show up. And by the way, thank you for showing up. Because when you show up, it makes me take a stand. And it forces me to pull myself out of the corner I'm in. Because the world is going to go on without me. And really... My job is to share love and allow the people under my scope of responsibility, my children, a place where that love will go on and on and on in their lives, in their children's lives. That's the legacy. But no one says the legacy is love. They take the thing we have fought against all our lives, and that was accumulating money. They say, what are you going to leave your kids with? Do you have enough money for funeral costs? Why don't you pay for that before you die too? And I'm not saying we don't do these things. I am saying that they exist. 
because the ego, the fear of us dying is not even enough. Now we have to take care of ourselves after we die here. It's amazing how easily it is to get in and out of our egos. But if you just know, like I had to know that day, that, wow, if I didn't come home today, my kids were going to go on. How were they going to go on? What did I teach them? Well, I gave them a ton of love. That would have carried them. I can't control the missing or the wanting. And if I tried to come around them after I died, would they even know? thing was, what have I taught them? Everything else faded to black. The stuff, the house, the school, the everywhere we were faded to black. Because all I could think of is, what did I leave them with so far? An ego tries to tell us we're smarter than people. Or that other people are smarter than we are. But all we need to do is say, I'm as smart as I know how to be. Because when I say that, then you have something to say. I'm going to listen. And I'm going to understand that you're as smart as you can be. Because if we're even in a place where we can have a conversation like that, we are sharing our best ideas to date. And if something I may be thinking the other person may have done, they may say, oh, you know what, I tried that, and you're going to find this, and you're going to find that. I do that all day long. Because ever since I saw Christ, I've had to experience one crazy feeling after another. And they're always the hardest feelings I have. That's why I always say God is not an answering machine. He's an experience machine. You ask a question, you get an experience so that you understand the answer. Ego says, I just want the answer. This process is going to take too long. What do you mean two years, three years, five years of my life? As though that's the only thing you're going to do. But ego tries to take you on a shortcut after a shortcut after a detour So Christ comes up with these antidotes, right? You can take yourself back to the fork in the road. You can always repave it with love, which means, hey, soul, you're growing. That's why you're here. Doesn't it feel good to grow? I don't have time to grow. I've got bills to pay. And then there you go, chasing your tail. But a great example for those of us who don't have kids, for those of us who might not understand that example so well, Apple still continued and is still a super successful company without Steve Jobs. He may have started it. His genius is behind it. They had to survive without him. Because we have to survive while we are here on earth. Life will always go on even without us. Even a president 
of the United States only gets four to eight years, and he has to earn the last four. Our lives have gone on after every single president we've ever had. They don't, when you get a job, the boss, the client, they don't always need you to answer their question. They really just need someone who can answer the question. Someone who can solve any issue instead of feels like they have to have the answer because you can't have the answer without solving. Because the answers you have when you're at work need to be understood. Our ego says, just say whatever you need to say. Sometimes people lie and say they know things. They even lie on their resume and say they're someone they're not to get in. Because ego says, that'll look good, you'll get the job. But ego always has an entrance and does not have an exit, does it? So now you you look great on paper, you did great in the interview, but are you going to do great in the job? Do you know how to do what you just said you know how to do? Why would you set yourself up to fail? Because ego tells you, only as much as you need for that minute, and that is, if you do this, chances are you'll get the job. But everyone, including you, is going to be surprised at what happens that next day. It's the same thing when people are planning a wedding and all their energy goes into the wedding, and then they don't think about the day after the wedding. They spend all their savings, all their money on the actual wedding. And then the next day, they're like, well, what do we do now? Oh, we could have put a down payment on a house for that. And COVID has rerouted how we look at celebrating. It doesn't mean we don't want to celebrate big, but if we can, we will. But there's also cozier, warmer, more loving environments than having everything right, spectacular, or such a show for the people coming. We're not inviting an entire colony. We're inviting a few people. Some of us have gotten married in backyards or have gotten married with only five people around us. Another way ego tries to tell us that we have to do everything is it takes away our greatest form of bonding. And it tells us that we have to complete everything without asking for help, that we do this ourselves and we get credit for it. Yet leaders understand that limitation and they learn to delegate. They understand the time-brain relationship. And they say, I can do this with someone else and inject their energy into it and it will be better because there's power in numbers or this has got to be all me. I will not share credit. I will not give anybody any sense of helping me. So if you think like that and you go out into the world and you meet someone who likes to be a partner 
and likes to work, you won't be attracted to them because you're someone who needs to do everything himself or herself, themselves. And that's hard to live with because no matter what you do, it'll never be as good as what they do for themselves in their mind because their ego is telling them how the world will not function without their brain and it can function without yours. It's called a lopsided relationship. And even in a romantic relationship, it's like a boss and a worker. And the worker knows who they are. But let's say the boss wakes up one morning and instead of saying, I want to clean the garage and organize it because no one can organize like I can, the person's going to be left out and have the whole day free while you're working. So now they already feel like they're not participating because it's all about the participation, not the garage. And they may actually have great organizational ideas like real total, total obvious things that you may miss. Maybe on how to stack, maybe on what to get rid of, maybe asking the question, why do we need all this stuff? Whatever it is, that aspect is gone. Two sets of eyes are better than one. But if you have to do it without them, they're not going to know where anything is, which alienates them further, because the ego says you're the boss. You're the one who knows better. You're more important. No one else can think as good as you can. I dated someone once who said to me, I buy myself the best presents. I never really like what anyone buys me. Imagine when his birthday came up, what I was thinking. I could never get him a present as good as the ones he buys for himself. So no matter what I buy, he's not going to care. Then his daughter comes to me and says, the chocolate, whatever, I can't remember what kind of, I, I don't want to say it was a bunny, but it was something, something chocolate that she said she found in the trash. So he got the gift, he didn't want it, and he threw it in the trash. The fact that his daughter thought that that would make him happy when she saw it in the trash and she never expressed it to him, his ego is telling him, oh, what are you going to do with that? Instead of, wow, my daughter thought of me and this is how she thought or what she thought would make me happy. And it's true, I love chocolate. But for her 10-year-old brain, that's all, one, she probably could afford, and two, that she thought I'd like. They don't think in things yet, like they're going to go outdo the last gift they got you. They just want to express their love. But now she will always know, enough to tell me, the girlfriend at the time, that, oh, when I, when I bought my dad chocolate, he threw it away in the trash. Tell me how encouraged she was the next birthday. Because ego is short-sighted. But the fact that she knew that taught her something, right? His ego taught her what her father looks at as important or not. It's amazing 
how when we can see that, we are much kinder to ourselves. Some of us take that as painful, but much kinder to ourselves when we are choosing because now she's sensitive to the fact that she's not a good gift picker. An ego may say, that's really bad, but she didn't look at it that way. She just said, my dad is very hard to please, so I'm not even going to bother. So when he wonders why 20 years later he hasn't gotten a gift, it's because of him, not because of her. And she saw that very clearly because her ego is balanced. You guys, we can go on on this one for a long time I wanted to start the week off with how we can empower ourselves. I will see you tomorrow. Have a happy Monday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.